Today's scriptures are rich with encouragement for believers to remain faithful to God while they actively wait for his promised final return when the kingdom of God will come to earth as it is in heaven, when evil will no longer be present, when we will receive our resurrection bodies and all will worship our creator, almighty God. We are called to remain faithful despite our present circumstances looking rather bleak and dark. Despite present circumstances not going the way we want them to go. Despite the appearance that evil appears to be winning in more places than it used to win. We remain faithful despite our failing health, our questionable economy, and government, despite a world focusing more on loving self rather than our neighbors. Our Hebrews passage defines faith as confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Another way of saying the same thing is that faith is that heartfelt inner confidence that God is who he says he is, and that he does what he says he will do. Today's scriptures reminded us how Abram responded to God's call to go to the promised land, even though he had no idea where that was. God told him that he would be Abram's shield and his reward. When Abram expressed concern about having an heir, he promised it would happen with his wife Sarai, even though she was well beyond the conceiving age. Abraham had faith, that inner confidence that God is who he says he is and does what he says he will do. He may not have understood at first what that really meant because he didn't really do it according initially the way that God wanted him to do it. But he had faith in God. We also heard about Noah, who was living in a very dark time, but remained faithful to God and built an ark when there was no obvious reason to do so. He trusted the God he knew, even though he couldn't understand why. So what is this hope that we keep having faith in, this promise that we have faith in? The first part of this promise and where our hope lies is found in Jesus' redeeming work and his death on the cross, his resurrection, and his ascension. His sacrifice covered all our sins, which makes it possible to be with God. Without that, we couldn't be with him. and makes it possible for that eternal life 
God promised that justice would prevail and evil would be vanquished and death would be no more through the resurrection. Jesus' sacrifice made it possible for us to be a part of the resurrection. Clearly, God's kingdom has not fully come yet because evil is still definitely present. Death is still a reality and justice is often still missing. Jesus hasn't returned yet. We must continue waiting before we receive God's promise. And so that question remains, what does it look like for us to wait in 2022? I don't think we're going to be asked to build an ark. Um, Not necessarily, um, you know, some of these different things that people um, have had to do. Um, But what does it look like now? Throughout this season of ordinary time, which has been since Pentecost, we have been focusing on exactly this question. And we've, we've been talking about this in many different contexts of what it means to walk out our faith in just our ordinary daily lives. It doesn't all, isn't all going to be extraordinary, um, but it's like, how do we do that? How do we wait actively in our daily life? We've studied about loving our neighbor as ourself, making prayer an active part of our lives, choosing being with Jesus over busyness, to just name a few. Remember that story of Mary and Martha. Today, our gospel reading continues to expound on what this can look like. And it begins in a wonderful place. Begins with, do not be afraid. God wants to give you the kingdom. God wants us. God wants you. He isn't telling us just to jump through hoops and then say, psych, just kidding. You're not going to receive this. I just wanted to see if you do what I asked you to do. That's not who he is. He wants to give us the kingdom. He wants us to be with him forever. And so he's making that way. So the first thing as we walk in that day life is to not be afraid. It's so easy to look at that. We see so much trust in the world and in people that has just begun to erode. But it's a reminder, this passage, that God is not like everybody else. Our creator, our mighty God is trustworthy and we need to be afraid of what's coming and what's been. We may not understand what's all happening right now, but he is trustworthy. Jesus tells us to store up treasures in heaven and not on earth. He reminds us that whatever we spend our most of the time with is where our heart's going to be. If we spend most of our time in the heart of our work with God never being a part of that, that's where our heart's going to be. 
we spend all our time trying to make money so that we can be comfortable and whatnot, that's where our heart's going to be. And then he goes on and he says this, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return. From a banquet, actually. So in this, in this picture that he tells us is that we know that our master is away and he's at a banquet, which is something that is short term. It's not an, an unending. We know there is an end. And so we have to stay ready. We have to stay dressed and prepared and have our lamps burning. Keep our lamps burning. I'm going to talk about the lamps burning first as part of this, what we, what we need to be doing to do that. You know, keep our lamps burning means we have to keep the fuel in the tank. And what does that look like? What does it look like to keep ourselves fueled to serve when God calls us to serve? Because it can come at any time or for his return. But we need to be prepared for service at a moment's notice. That fuel is that continual building of our relationship with God, continually reminding ourselves who God is, his character, what kind of God he is, and what his promise to us is. When we can keep that as our foundation, it's a lot easier to keep our eye focused and keep ourselves filled and fueled that whatever we're looking at and whatever we're facing, if we remember who he is, that he is who he says he is, and that he does what he says he will do, it's so much easier to not be afraid and to not turn away or to have faith and remember what that looks like. So that fuel constantly refilling that and that can look like worship like we're doing here as well as the everyday time spent with God however that looks like for you we need to stay watchful for where God is working and to come along beside him because we never know what that look like it tells us that faith hope and love is all a part of our life with him Faith in who he is, faith in the hope that he's put before us, and the love those he puts in our lives. That can look very different, very different um, in how we can stay actively waiting for his return. He calls us in all sorts of different ways. And it's, it's amazing how small, small little things can burst in, um, in his great movement. Let's see, about three and a half years ago, it was about nine months before the um, pandemic really took hold, before everything closed down. I started gathering with a group of people. There was a couple who were kind of leading this 
they had this vision. One, one, one of the, this was a married couple. One was a doctor and one was an engineer turned pastor. Um, the doctor, she um, had always worked for the county and was always working for the poorest of the poor. Um, and they actually lived in the neighborhood, the poorest neighborhood of San Jose. They, they bought a house and they lived in the midst of them. They always believed in this incarnational ministry. But she was working for the county and was seeing them. And, but she was so limited as to how she could um, really care for um, her patients. She you know, could offer them medicine, she could do this, but there was so much pain and suffering underneath that she either never had time or was never allowed to address. Well, this vision started building for them to build a health center that was um, a Christian health center. And um, someone actually had um, some prophecy over this. Well, they started gathering people who had like-minded vision for this Christian um, health center. Um, and I, I came in alongside them something that I've always, has always meant a lot to me. So we gathered, we built this vision. The vision that we started with was kind of based out of um, a, a scripture in, at the end of Revelation. Uh, I was talking about this holistic care, this caring for the nations. But we're talking about this holistic, holistic with a W, whole, meaning it includes health care, soul care, and culture care wanted to have a center there in this poorest of poor area of San Jose where we could reach the people, help them physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Literally, the day, the day they first started doing it, our building was just, we just leased a building um, and just getting plans made when the pandemic hit. And it's like we needed to raise all sorts of money um, to revamp this and to get things started and to pay salaries and all this kind of thing. And we thought, oh no, now what? Well, the pandemic was turned out to be, um, it turned out to obviously be um, something that God wanted. Um, during the time when everything was closed down, no one could build anything. We were able to build. Contractor was able to build because it was something for healthcare. So during that, those first six months, um, the doctor quit her job. Literally, she planned to quit her job on the day they closed down, um, you know, closed everything down for a while. She was working out of her home to start with as we built up the facility. In the first six months, they, they managed, actually it was three months, we had to scramble to pay for it faster than we expected because um, they finished it because they weren't working on anything else. We were able to start bringing people in um, little by little um, as kept trying to raise money and begin to see people. Um, and as time went on, they started addressing one more issue at a time. So two and a half years ago is when we officially got started. Now, this, this vision for health care, soul care, and culture care has resulted in continued health care, 
but they're also able to pray with their patients. They're able to talk with them about bigger ways, and they are seeing, seeing healing beyond anything. They have developed, as they started working on the soul care and the culture care, they now have, it is a center for youth there now, and have this center that the youth are growing and healing. There's women's groups, um, there's prayer groups, there are men's groups, there are, we did job training because that's what people needed were jobs, so we trained them and helped them get placed in, in jobs. This, in this neighborhood, of this poorest of poor, they are developing this community spirit um, centered around God. Many people call this, it's called Healing Grove, and many of the neighbors there call it their church because that's where their healing has come. It has blossomed enough so we have now have a, a sister healing grove in Sacramento has opened, um, that they are focusing on the Afghan um, um, refugees there. That's where they're centering for that one. But they've raised money, and they've just opened their doors to do that. And this started from just from this vision that these two had as they were living among and seeing what the needs were. And little by little, God has been bringing people alongside them to um, support them and to bring the needs to meet them spiritually, culturally, and physically. And it's amazing what God has done just because they were open to what God was doing. Um, Angie felt like she was always, you know, trying to be Jesus to them, but now she's able to talk about him, not just model it. Um, we all get, um, we all see different things in our lives, in, in our work, in our neighborhood, and see different needs. And it's when we see those that God is saying to be dressed and ready to serve. And it's like, God, is this for me? to come alongside? What do we as a church want to come alongside um, as this fall comes along to support in this community that we have? We have several things that are a possibility, um, something that while we are waiting, he tells us that it's not just sitting around letting everything fall apart. It's like, no. He says we need to be actively waiting, ready to be of service for when he calls us. And there's, say, there's no one special way um, to do that, of what that looks like. We all have our different things um, for that. You know, my time working at the hospital and coming alongside them has done a lot of that for me. Um, but we all have that. We're all called to that. And it's kind of exciting as he's calling us. He's saying, you know, you're not alone. You're still waiting. Um, you know, you, you have the faith to hold on to that faith despite what's going on. That he, through the Holy Spirit, is walking this with us and will show us and give us what we need. As 
as we as our psalm kind of summarized a lot of this, but we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. He is a trustworthy God that is worthy. He created us and he wants the best for us and he wants us always to be with him. We have to wait for that, but the promise is there. So in that in-between time, he will show us what we are to do and give us all that we need to be able to do that. We're not being left alone. Thanks for being with us online in the Sermon Podcast. To find out more about Holy Trinity Silicon Valley, head to www.holytrinitysv.org.